Welcome to the second episode of Everstate's Go-To Masters podcast, where we interview the GTM leaders from today's most dynamic companies. We gather their unique insights, hard-earned lessons, and innovative visions every week. I'm your host, Venkat, Head of RevOps at Everstate, and joining us today is Olga, a RevOps veteran who has dedicated over a decade to building RevOps functions across organizations. Currently, she holds the position of VP of RevOps at BirdsEye. I'm excited to have you here. Please give our listeners a quick introduction about yourself. Absolutely. And uh, thank you so much for having me here. And the pleasure, the pleasure is mine. Great to be on your guys' podcast. So I'm Olga and um, I'm now VP of Revenue Operations at a company called BirdEye. I recently joined BirdEye about just a month and a half ago. Before that, I was leading revenue operations at a company called Tiger Connect. Overall, my operations career spans over the last 15 15 years. Um, I started my operations journey back in, I would say, 2008, 2009 um, from from marketing operations, from the times when when there was no such function as marketing operations. But we were managing different marketing systems, we were managing Salesforce, Pardot, uh, webinar platforms. And then, you know, um, I grew with the function as as we landed on the name of, of operations. And from marketing ops, I went into the sales ops and from there into into the revenue operations, uh, connecting all of the dots now for the centralized operations functions at uh, companies. A really exciting journey uh, for me as well, uh, right when I watched, uh, when I saw the LinkedIn profile for you, because I also come from a different background and you know, moved into RevOps quite recently. Maybe leading on from, you know, how you moved into RevOps, uh, like one of the table stakes whenever you move into like RevOps is also tech stack management and having your background in MarkOps and then moving into RevOps also, you know, creates that muscle memory where you have to look at the tech stack first as, in, as soon as you join a new organization. So how do you like navigate the complex uh, world of tech stuff, what are the challenges that you have considering enablement, adoption, and all those things like off the top of your mind? Yeah, and you absolutely, you absolutely nailed it, right? So I've been I've been with BirdEye for uh, for about eight eight weeks right now, and one of the initiatives that we're leading here now is reevaluating our tech stack and looking at the tech stack from the optimization and the adoption standpoint, right? All of the tools that we have now across marketing, sales, customer success teams, they are pretty expensive. So one of the functions of the revenue operations is to ensure that we have uh, full adoption, consistent usage, and we're seeing the value. And we're seeing the value uh, from these tools, from these advancements in, in the business. You know, And when you look at the tools, there are multiple components, right? There's business component of it. What gaps are we are we crossing in here? What are we covering with that? What what are we gaining from the tools? And then there's also technical component, right? How is the data flowing? How are the integrations working? Do we see flawless syncs? Do data uh, points match across different systems? Do they actually do those data points are actually able to provide us the story? So, as I joined BirdEye, we started looking at the number of different. Um, technologies that we're using here, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, Zoom Info, Sales Loft, we're looking at them of how they're talking to each other, those tools, right? How we can better use them, how can we optimize and enhance the usage. Talking about Zoom Info, for example, we're looking at some automations that are automated and reach at some scheduled jobs, right? 
so that we can deliver this uh, data, data points, data insights to ourselves, uh, reps and BDRs at the point of lead creation, right? We don't want them to spend their precious minutes and their valuable, expensive sales time going into yeah. Zoom in for other platforms, searching and referencing and cross-checking. We wanted to make available for them. So we're focusing and optimizing that. We're focusing and making sure that when a lead is created or when a contact is updated, right, they have all of the data points at, at, at their fingertips. Uh, the, the sales engagement tools such as Salesloft, right, which are you know very important on a day-to-day business. But as you guys know, getting getting insights from those platforms into Salesforce and syncing yeah. um, them like to like one yeah. one to one, that is that is uh, that is somewhat complex, right? We also use Tableau here internally for uh, BI mm-hmm. purposes. So it's not just we are, it's not just we're syncing between Salesloft and Salesforce. We're also syncing into Tableau. So ensuring that the data, um, the data flows correctly and the numbers match is, you know, another one of those technical components uh, that, that we're, that we're looking at. And just going back to overall the tech stack usage, right? I, it's, it's one of those, you know, it's it's a tip. It's like it's one of the tips and tricks when you join a company as a revenue operations uh, leader, as your or as a revenue operations uh, team member. One of the quick ones would be to go and evaluate the tech stack. Look into the tools that you have across the different teams. Look into the renewal dates and look into look into the budgets. Look into the costs. See where the costs can be optimized. Uh, look into the usage and adoption. You know, I am a firm believer that some tools that are some of the expensive tools, such as LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you know, again, or Zoom Info, should be on a use it or lose it basis, right? If you're not using it, you're yeah. not seeing a value in it. You're getting your license. <laughs> loss uh we're assigning it to someone someone else uh you know stick in a carrot type of approach but that works oldest times no need to reinvent the wheel here uh it works with 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 the cell with the sales teams um so that's some of that is like one your one time effort to go and evaluate but it shouldn't be one time it should be an ongoing right effort it should be continuously looked at and again looking staying closer to your neural dates right um you are being part of, you as a revenue operations team member, being part of B2B, you know, SaaS company, you know how the renewal cycles work and you're probably notifying your customers, you know, three months, four months before the renewal date. So do your vendors. So stay close to that. And when you get that renewal yeah. notice, start talking to them and see how you can optimize, you know, optimizing doesn't always mean cutting costs. Optimizing can mean, you know, adding on, adding on some, um, uh, some, some yeah. configurations within the product some applications when the product can, can actually can benefit from yeah i've been nodding my head vigorously for people who are listening in uh i mean everything <laughs> resonates with me uh the reason being these are some of the things that i did as an user and look at contracts end dates when when is the last date i can you know stop a contract or when is the last date i need to get in to get a discount maybe uh, on early renewal and so on and so forth resonates with me completely but on top of it uh, a person like me or you know a peer like me would, would be badgered with a bunch of uh, mails calls code calls on different tools that are in the market and with AI coming up you have much more tools how do you stay centered on hey, hey this is what I want this is what I don't want in, in terms of if I put it much more simply in SaaS terms what do you think is like a painkiller versus what do you think is a vitamin and how do you have that in your mind when you look at a tool 
So yeah, a couple of things here. First of all, tools support your strategy, not the other way, right? Mm. So based on your strategy uh, and based on your go-to market, based on your org chart, based on what roles you have, based on, you know, the programs that marketing is rolling out, are they doing more ABM or are we doing more outbound? Are we totally completely inbound? Do we have BDRs? Do we have account management? It all depends on that. So, and then you have, and then you have the tools that support your go-to-market strategy. For first of all, you identify where the gaps are. If you're doing ABM, do you do you, do you need an ABM platform? How does your uh, how does your account uh, population look like in your CRM system? Right? Can you do that? Uh, can you can you roll out ABM platforms without uh, without a specific tool, or you would need to have a specific tool to drill down into the intent, to drill down into the account's journey, to understand the accounts that are in the market and then understand the roles that are connected to this account, right? Again, depends on your on the size of your org, the size of your TAM and the composition of your TAM, right? Who are you going after? Are you a single product company that are going after only, you know, McDonald's? Um, that's one thing, right? When your TAM is, you know, the entire, say, B2B uh, SaaS space in the United States, that's a different story and you span across small business and mid-market and channel and enterprise, right? Then you need to have a comprehensive tech stack to support it. So before getting on and buying every shining object that is out there, right, and going in a shop and spring and spending money, well, first of all, Think about long-term that you have to support, support this, you know, you can buy this fine. If you have a budget, you buy this, but then it's on you to support it. Do you have resources to support it? Okay. Maybe you'll have, you know, you'll assign resources to implement it and you'll dedicate a team for the next four months to launch, I don't know, six cents, but then do you have a team that's going to own this tool if something breaks, if there is a new requirement on the reporting, if there is a new requirement to rolling out this enhancement, who is the owner? Make sure that you think through all of the steps, like post go live, at the decision at your during your purchasing uh, phase, right? Who's going to be reporting? What I'm seeing at many companies, right, that yes, we have the budget. Yes, we can even uh, pull together a team, assemble a team to take us through go live. But then we have zero resources to support it because everyone has their day jobs, and that's going to be just another uh, another tool to support. And honestly, we're going to be stretched then. So. Think through that, think through scalability, right? And what I am, what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to build right here now at, at Birdeye, we have a business applications team and we're now focusing our business applications team on um, on the alignment with our operations uh, functions, right? So we're going to have experts in the business applications team on the sales ops tools, then experts on the marketing ops tools, experts on the finance tools, with CS tools, right? So they're essentially become partners and they're coupled together yeah. when it comes on the business side of things, so the business requests and the technical requests. The more tools you have and the more comprehensive your tech stack becomes, the more issues you're going to have, the more glitches. It's like there's no way around it. There's, there's going to be integration issues, there's going to be enhancements requests, there's going to be updates that they're rolling out, but they're not being reflected in other systems. So you have to have your expert, dedicated experts that know everything about sales loft or know everything about your marketo and how is that set up? And what is what is the big picture look like of all of the other tools that are surrounding it? So 
tech stack is a is a is a fun is a fun topic, but I feel like we're all now feeling the pains uh, of of growing the tech stack too fast, um, and now we're trying all to be very very careful and uh, thoughtful about how we buy and how we and how we implement the the tools. I totally resonate with that. Uh... Just carrying on uh, from where uh, this is leaving off, right? You're talking about different teams, different tech tools enabling different teams, right? So uh, I've also seen, uh, you know, you refer to uh, RevOps being, you know, managing the rhythm of business, right? So how do you basically go about doing that in terms of like marrying different teams and bringing it all together and driving the pipeline forward or getting the revenue in? So like, what are your, uh, uh, what do you call the playbooks for this, right? Like, how do you actually do this every day? Absolutely. And at BirdEye here, our rhythm is pretty strong and pretty fast. We're marching <laughs> with, a double, with a double speed. So this is crucial here, right, to make sure everyone, I mean, by everyone, I mean my business leaders, are, uh, are aware of the priorities. And this is the cross-departmental, cross-functional prioritization effort. So uh, what I started to do here from the get-go um, my marketing leader, my sales leader, the president of the company, the CFO, and even the CEO are involved in prioritization of the larger projects, right? There are, there are company-level projects that revenue operations are working on, and I need the buy-in from all of these leaders in terms of what is number one, two, three, and then the rest, right? And we negotiate. Uh, the, uh, the bottom line is what impacts the revenue wins, Right. For example, are we are we rolling new account scoring that will allow us to understand the accounts that have higher propensity to buy, and then we're going to layer the intent data, right? And then our historical wins, as well as the machine learning, will help us uh, focus more and focus not on just our marketing efforts, but also the sales teams, right? It impacts our revenue, impacts our go-to-market. This is how we're framing our programs, the go-to-market programs for the next uh, for the next two quarters. So this is what we're focusing on, right? So we define this top three or four priorities for the quarter, for the next two quarters, along with the leaders, you know, and then there's there are all of the other nice-to-have items, right? If we accomplish this, uh, uh, this top priorities with according to the timelines that we have defined and agreed on, then we'll get onto the next uh, onto the next project. With the RevOps, though, I will say the challenge is because we are serving our internal customers. Our internal customers are marketing, sales, CS, finance, et cetera, orgs, business orgs, right? But then there's also RevOps internal projects, right? Like data cleanliness, systems integrations, uh, et cetera, right? There's always something within RevOps that you need yeah. that you need to address. Or as you prepare to other projects, say you prepare to roll out attribution. Before you roll out attribution, you have to do your homework on like yeah. set up the set up the system, set up this the CRM for that, set up the objects for that. There's a lot of preparations. So the challenge is to balance, right? This you know, major business level projects and then your internal day-to-day -day jobs that you know you have to take care, you know, otherwise the big projects will right. not happen. So what that's what we're trying to do. We have to be very explicit about what we can and what we cannot. That's why I believe like there's three top priorities that we have for this quarter. This is what we're doing. We're looking into the timelines, we're looking into the assigned resources. Um, for example, we're rolling out new, new sales process. Right. That is 
that is one project for sales ops for this quarter. That's it. And if we if we accomplish that before the Q3 end, that's fine. We'll take on something else that we have on the back burner that we have on the buffer, right? But this is major. Uh, there are a lot of that goes into that sales methodology. There's systems, there's documentation, there's requirements gathering, right? There's deployment, et cetera, testing. A lot of goes into that. So that is number one. Depending on the size the, of the effort, like the T-shirt size, if it's if it's large or if it's extra large and it's just only one you have per quarter, right? Or you can have two or three mediums. So we're looking we're looking at the size of the project, the level of effort, the team members that are assigned, and then the impact on revenue. And then we're also make sure that we have thirty percent of time allocated for our internal and ad hoc because, like. Fire is going to happen. Like we know that, that something's going to happen. We don't know what, but we need to be prepared and I would rather have some time allocated for that, you know, than not be, not be available to tackle those, you know, and compromise. So that's what we're trying to leverage. But honestly, that is the challenge. Uh, so bi-weekly, we are meeting with the industry, uh, with, with the team, with the team leaders, so with the business leaders bi-weekly uh, to look into the uh, prioritization list and tracking the progress. And then we're always on top of that, right? So we're we're, we're sending weekly digest uh, to them on where we are now with, with this top three priorities, right? And then if something needs to shift, one of the leaders might call a meeting and say, hey, this is what I just learned. And uh, this is what we need to roll out. So let's see what we can move and where we can where we can find uh, the time and resources to fit that in. Yeah, at the back of the mind, you'd also be thinking, like you said, the keep the lights running. You'd also be thinking stitching the data together across all the things that you're talking about. You need to have something recorded every step of the way. We are still yeah. we're still sending emails. We are still re- yeah. responding to salespeople requests about their quotes. We're still ask uh, we're still responding to finance questions about why this uh, you know deal size not matching that deal size, right? Yeah. So there's still that going on, and yeah. it will not ever go away, right? So you yeah. have to make sure you balance it. Yeah. Uh, one question. So, uh, you know, you're you're a veteran by, you know, SaaS industry standards. Uh, so uh, the question is, how do you like, uh, you know, uh, start off like there? I'm sure when you started out, there was no guidance around how to do things right. So like in the early, early years, how did you basically figure things out for yourself? What worked and what didn't work in terms of just RevOps, right? Like who do you talk to or did you have a gut feel about certain things? Like how did you navigate those uh, things? Back in the day, I remember HubSpot uh, Academy was the only resource essentially for for anything operations or anything marketing and sales technology. So I remember I started with that and getting certifications there and then also getting certifications from pretty much every vendor that was entering the space like Marketo, Salesforce, et cetera. But I feel like regardless like of the certifications and the tech stack, you know, natural curiosity and uh, willingness to answer hard questions, that that would uh, helps you move forward. Um, what I learned when I'm trying, what I'm, what I'm realizing now is that early in your career, you have to say yes a lot just okay. for your own sake to, to, can you do this? Even if you can, yes, you can. You, you'll Google, you can Google. That's the only skill that you need to have. You can Google, you can 
look for YouTube videos. You, if you can read, you can find, you know, resources online. You can ask people in the communities. Communities were a huge resource for me back in the day, asking questions there, right? So, and I would say yes to pretty much every request from the business leaders, from our CMOs, from, 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 from sales leaders. Can we do that? Yes. And then I'll figure it out how we can do that. The longer, though, you run your RevOps org, you need to start shifting from saying yes to saying no. <laughs> this yeah. is where you, you have to start guarding your team and protecting your team yeah. from, from the noise, right? And allowing them to focus. And, you know, I am now learning to say no a lot and push back uh, and focusing on the priorities because I... You know, honestly, some some controversial thing. I'm gonna say I don't believe in multitasking. If you can't, like, if there's no focus, it's there is there is a huge room for error. You know, and you will not. I want the team to focus. This is what we're again back to the rhythm of the business. These are the top three that we're focusing again. Managing by OKRs, right, or creating your priorities, as we call them here, V2 birds for the quarter, right, locking them down at the beginning of the quarter and then weekly tracking our progress and where we are now and then at the end of the quarter reporting and where we landed. This is what we're this is this is what we're doing. So now as a leader in revenue operations, my job is to be very careful when we say yes, is to actually assess does that impact the revenue? Does that impact the bottom line? How that impacts all of the other projects that we have in the queue? And what about my team members and their team members, right, that are working now? I have to think about the timelines and the schedules and the capacity and the capacity there. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really powerful. Uh, probably a great segue into my next question. Uh, like, uh, you know, almost everyone is in the hybrid model. And I have heard, uh -huh. uh, you know, your stories on RevOpsCorp where you said, you know, you have to manage a bunch of things while taking calls at 7 a.m. in the morning and 8 a.m. in the morning. Uh, what keeps you going every day? Uh, because whenever you come back, you find a few fires that are burning that need your attention. And then you have a few people asking you questions about their comp and then a few people asking you, shall I buy this tool now today? So how do you, you know, come back every day fresh and, you know, uh, you know, as energetic the previous day? And how do you like have it uh, in your plan? Like, how do you plan your day so that you 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 have enough time for your own personal, uh, this thing after the office? Fresh is a strong word, Rinkanda. I'm not sure I come back fresh. <laughs> Some of the early calls, uh, early morning calls that we have, like, and, and being on video is, of course, like, it drives engagement and it is important. But sometimes I feel like I can't, like, I, it's, uh, you would rather not <laughs> have me on the video. <laughs> Uh, and other team members as well, because you're just trying to put your face in, in the right place. You know, um, we are working with distributed teams. That's right. So I have teams in India, I have teams in Philippines and across the United States. We recently acquired a company in Australia and we're working with Australian team as well. So Brilliant. it's like 24 hours, right? You start your day yeah. with your India team, you end your day with your Australian team. So <laughs> you, you work all, you work all time zone. So, um, uh, for me, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I have this great experience working at many different companies. For me, it's about the company and the leaders, right? Uh, here at BirdEye, we have very driven, uh, highly engaged 
leaders uh, that are in the day-to-day operations and day-to-day projects, and they are understanding and your job, not just one, but multiple leaders that you continue to learn from. And um, that excitement is contagious. You know, when you see them being super involved in the day-to-day and them being so driven, that is contagious. Also, you know, being at a growing company and a successful company is is also what, what drives you, right? So when you're seeing the result, when you're seeing that, hey, this is how you are impacting, this is how you're optimizing, this is how you're making it better, getting that feedback from, from the teams, you know, positive or negative, because, you know, you learn from the negative feedback. It's great. So it's that is that is that is what's driving me also the teams that we have here you know and and my other and my other companies as well smart people when you are surrounded by smart people you know i can just sit and listen and and learn and learn from them from various levels you know when you have experts when it comes to account management experts when it comes to reporting or analytics um that is um uh, that is that is that is super impactful. That is that is something. So for me, it's just being surrounded by the people uh, that I'm working with, being part of the company that is successful and that is growing. Plus, I love what I do. I I love revenue operations. There's always something new to it, right? It's never it's never boring. It's not one size fits all. And in every company, there's new set of um, new set of issues, new set of challenges, right? And then you pick your battles, right? Yeah. There's you cannot solve everything. There's 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 a bigger fish to fry again. Prioritization. This is what you, what what you focus on. And if you're working at a company that has been around for ten plus years, of course the data is going to be garbage. Like of course it's not going to be clean in Salesforce. And of course there's going to be this issue and that issue. This is like your historical technical debt that you have to work through. Right. So this is not something new and pretty much every company uh, that I worked with has it. Right. But it's uh, focusing on what's what's important. So maybe a last final closing question or for someone like me who's building a team here is like, how do you keep your team motivated, especially distributed teams like you just spoke about? Because uh, sales teams have their wins every month, every quarter. They have their big wins, small wins and all that. But ops typically have had very, uh, you know, uh, consistent uh you know everyday project you do the grind you get things done and you really don't have like the flag bearing wins that you can get excited about so how do you keep your teams motivated engaged and so on and so forth that is a very timely timely question so because i'm just looking at my uh, uh okrs for this quarter for q3 and i have uh enhanced employee engagement is one of them what i entered um so we're going to have team meetings for the team leads in person two times a quarter in our headquarters. For the distributed teams, we're going to have the fun team building events there as well. So we have a team in Philippines, a team in India, Salesforce in Australia. So those leaders, the local leaders will think of the events, events right there. Uh, we do have employee of the quarter awards uh, where every department nominates their nominates their people uh, in there that you know excelled in certain projects or helped move the needle, uh, helped made made a project a success over the last quarter. So we do that as well. A lot of a lot of recognition, and I feel like it should be like even the swan off events. It's not about that. Uh, it should be stitched into the culture of the company 
the mm-hmm. employee recognition should uh, should work like should should be there on a daily basis because you always have some some smaller wins, some smaller accomplishments every day, right? So saying thank you, recognizing your employee, you know, from the executive level, from a chief level, right, to to two levels down, three levels down, that goes a long way. Just like simple thank you, recognizing, calling a person, asking how they're doing, do they need a break? Because we know that they have been working hard and through the weekend on on something right on some certain goal life project or something like that i feel like it has to be your everyday approach recognizing be grateful be sympathetic um to your to your team members has to be part of part of the culture and then the team building events is just supplemental to that but the core is your be human (laughs) yeah best advice be human but I mean, that's also the hardest when you are, you know, facing uh, a lot of things in your head. I think that's something you need to keep telling yourself so that you're yes. empathetic on calls. Uh, it comes naturally. Uh, final uh, two questions, just to, you know, keep it a little lighter. I just started listening to a lot of podcasts because I'm getting into the tech. I've been doing it for two, three years now, but basically just, it started when I moved into tech and I wanted to learn this better. So you know, off the top of my head, what are the podcasts that you listen to when you wind down and uh, any recommendations that you have there? And do you subscribe to newsletters? If yes, do you have any newsletters that you want to recommend uh, the listeners? So now, as you can imagine, since I joined Burdai uh, very recently, I haven't had time, but I'm I'm a huge fan of Slack channels because it's sort of like on demand, right? So I read through that and LinkedIn. I'm subscribed to hashtags on LinkedIn, more specifically around you know revenue operations. There are some leaders that I'm that I'm reading. LinkedIn has becoming such a uh, an important, valuable source of content right now, which is you know very thought through, very high quality content that the leaders in in various and very various fields are, are posting. So um, I don't want to sound like a nerd, but sometimes like at night, I would just scroll through my LinkedIn feed and just save some posts, you know, for, for the future that I want to go back and reference. I love that. Um, some of the Slack channels. I don't have time for podcasts yet. I mean, with too much information and RevOps on your day-to-day, your job, your your LinkedIn, your this, your, your that, you know, I... I would just go and watch some rom-com on Netflix and <laughs> not listen to a podcast just to be fully transparent with you. Because I feel like finding this balance between work and work and life and just sometimes, you know, just disconnecting for, I don't know, 30 minutes at the end of the day. Again, to be back fresh at your 7 a.m. call, you know, next morning. <laughs> Yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, I think I don't do that. Like I don't follow on LinkedIn. I do this. Uh, so for me personally, podcast is something that I listen to when I cook. So it's something that runs in the background as I cook. So I, I obviously don't do active listening, but something goes in and it's more story based, right? So it's, it's a little more engaging for me. But yeah, fair point. Everyone has their own ways to unwind, I guess. Well, that brings us to the end of this insightful episode of Go to Masters. A big thank you to Olga for sharing her experiences and valuable insights. Remember, you can tune in every week to learn more about game changers driving hyper growth companies across the globe in the Go to Masters brought to you by Everstage, your trusted partner for transforming the way businesses handle sales commissions. I'm your host Venkat from Everstage signing off.